Like we always do with this Arizona Sports The home of Phoenix Suns basketball Suns playoff coverage Presented by Michelob Ultra Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers Now Final hour of the show here on a Tuesday afternoon, getting ready for Game 5 Suns Clippers tonight at Footprint Center, and also 20 minutes prior to that, you've got D-backs Royals just across the street, so we'll be busy in downtown Phoenix tonight. How are you holding up over there, Wolf? I'm doing well, as a matter of fact, yeah. I scratched that itch, if you know what I mean. Um, I don't. Metaphorically. (laughs) Oh, you you wouldn't, (laughs) Why, why didn't you wear a belt to work today? What happened to you? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Basin Marines, stop and think about this right now, wherever you may be. I don't, okay. I don't care. You're driving down the 51. You're out there on the 101. I don't know. Oh, the 202. Um, 202, you're just sitting How do you bed. take a man that doesn't have a belt on? Seriously. I'm asking myself that question for I, three hours and three minutes. How, how do you do that? I, I'm walking around beltless today, Basinonians, <laughs> and there's a long story, convoluted though it may be, a long story behind it. I won't tell it to you, but I will say right now, how do you take a man seriously when he doesn't wear a belt? It's very, very hard to do that. And um, yet I've seen multiple people out there. Not only not wear a belt, but actually let their pants sag as well. I don't know about you, Luke, but you have to wonder about this stuff. I, I didn't uh, up until today, but you walked in and you're like, the one thing I forgot was my belt. And one of my favorite things to do, of course, is go to Home Depot on a Saturday morning and tape wear the belt, of oh, course, okay. with the tape measure. Yeah. And you put that on. Of course, you put it on the belt. That's what you do. That's true. But Where are you going to put your tape measure now? It's one of the reasons why you need a belt. <laughs> I some guys choose not to wear a belt. I I don't understand that. You know, I'm well. Then again, the same people in Beijing do it. So I don't know that anybody else wears a belt. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, and you have to twirl your your. You wear fingers. a belt? Absolutely, do it. I don't even wear a belt with a suit. I don't wear belts. Wait a minute. I'm out on belts. <laughs> As of like three years ago. Okay, out. I, I, you've got to be kidding me. No, you, you don't, I don't even know if oh I own like goodness, two, but I don't even know where they are. I, do you know, I've, my powers of observation, once again, are just betraying me. Because I swear I had no idea he never wore a belt. Definitely going to come in wearing a belt tomorrow and act like I've always been doing it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I kid you. Okay, this is, don't get me started. But if I did wear a belt every day and then one day I forgot to wear it, it would not throw me off. <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just feel, oh, I feel like I'm I'm walking around. Yeah, it's just bad. It really is. All walking right. around your pants are sagging. Come on. Pants on the ground. Oh. Pants on the ground. Looking like a fool with your pants on the ground. With the gold in your mouth. Hat turned sideways. <laughs> pants hit the ground. Call yourself a queen cat. Looking like a fool. Walking down town with your pants. Okay, that guy gets it. There we go. Man, okay, yeah, the pants are sagging. I'm sorry, Basinonians, but they're sag. If this is going to be your new style, you're going to be like the guy on the cover of that Limp Biscuit CD from 1999. (laughs) Okay, where are we going in this beautiful part of the program? Other than the fact, don't walk around without a belt. Really? Don't be a beltless loser. Big L on my forehead. The Suns, there's a story up on ArizonaSports.com today 
Kellen Olsen wrote it, and it's preview for tonight's game. But he talked about how the bench is starting to find its form. It's not like the bench went off in the last game. They had nine points in game four. But Josh Kogi did play 25 minutes. So you think maybe you're kind of getting – Monty Williams is kind of starting to feel better about what he – well, that's that's going to potentially be disrupted tonight in a good way because campaign – do you remember campaign? Yes. He is probable. Man, he is probable. A campaign is going to play. Let's, let's just assume that campaign is going to play in game five tonight. And what would you like to see from campaign, Luke? Well, you <laughs> – You'd like to see him play a good chunk of minutes because I think the only way he's going to is if they are up considerably in the fourth quarter. But I would like to see... I don't even... You know, he wasn't playing that much before he got hurt. I know. I know. You know, for me right now, when I think of campaign and the fact that he is probable to play in Game 5 tonight, I think a 25. That is the number right there. I think at 25 minutes. I'd love to see campaign taking the under. get 25 minutes. I'm, yeah, I'm the, taking the extreme under. Well, first of all, um, I, I think the Suns will have the opportunity to actually do that. I expect the Suns to go out and establish their dominance from the first quarter on. Now, we'll see. It hasn't been that way in all four games. But to me, I, I think they get greedy. I think Devin Booker gets greedy. I think Kevin Durant gets greedy. I think they look at it and say, we can end this right now. We can finish him right now, as a matter of fact. I think they get a little greedy on this one, Basinonians. And that's that's why I think Campaign's going to get the opportunity to play a lot if he's ready to go. And why wouldn't you give him minutes? Why wouldn't you? It's... It's not like you're looking at campaign like he's some integral piece to your bench because he hasn't got a lot of minutes no. when given the opportunity. No, look, I mean, if if you are up tonight and and you're comfortably up, then yeah, I'm with you. Get him some minutes. But you know, I had the stat last week. The last time he played more than 24 minutes in a game was December 5th against Dallas. He played 34 minutes. Last time he even played 24 was December 11th against New Orleans in an overtime game. Yeah. So I... Okay, again, I'm expecting a blowout. I'm expecting the Suns to blow the Clippers out. All right, so you take the over on 25, I'll take the under. I wouldn't take the over. Okay. I said 25. I'll put my 25 be 25. You you don't... (laughs) I'll I'll set the over under at 23. So you'll take the over? Okay. So you can have 24 even. Yeah, I'll take that. I'm not losing to a guy that doesn't even have a belt on. I can tell you that right now. So I will take the under on 24. You don't have a belt either. It yeah, just but, nullifies. But, but that was on purpose. The beltless tribe walking around. <laughs> that was the original name for this show. Then you showed up in a belt. Um, I, I want to see Campaign become a more useful piece to this team again because two years ago when they made it to the finals, he was a very useful piece. I'm just not sure... What to think of how much money trusts him in a playoff game right now? He might, he might, yeah. but I'm just not sure what to think. So your scenario well, is the best case. If you're up by case. twenty, though, well, yeah, but right? I, I'm if you're up by like, twenty, I mean, I'm looking beyond the series. You don't have though. to. Wor- oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yes, okay. Instead no, ideally, ideally, they are up a ton and he gets to play a ton. But I just, I don't know. It, it feels like they've decided if Chris Paul needs a break, that's just Devin Booker running point book or somebody else carrying the ball. I don't know. I don't know what to make a campaign. So I don't know that we'll get answers just tonight, but maybe we'll start to get answers. I mean, but, what if what if he doesn't even play? Yeah. Well, okay. That'd be weird. No, it's going to be weird. Yeah. It'll be really, really weird if he doesn't play. He's probable, correct? Yes. 
You know what? Probably. Come on. No. He's going to play. <laughs> he'll he'll be available. But is he? How much is like? Here's Monty Williams. Boy, if yesterday. Monty Williams does not play him in this game, what do you think that means? That, that would mean a lot. If he's if he's healthy and ready to go, and he doesn't play him, oh boy! By the pricking on my thumb, something wicked this way comes. Right, Monty? Uh, well, yeah, but he remember he was he was he didn't. I think he had at least one DMP at the end of the regular season that was just purely Monty was like, yeah, we just didn't play him. <laughs> like, what else do you want? remember? They asked Monty Williams. He's like, no, he's not hurt. Yes. What else you got? What other questions for you? Yeah. Uh, anyway, he is probable for tonight, so it would be nice to see him get back into that rotation. Uh, when we come back, the NFL draft is just days away. So, what are the chances the Cardinals would take an offensive lineman at number three overall? Peter King thinks it's a possibility. He joined us earlier. We'll react to some of what he had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. In the personal columns. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This one goes out to a certain Peter. <laughs> Peter King. Can be stuck in everybody's head now for the next three months. Right. It is kind of catchy, isn't it? Uh, well, it has endured for, I don't know, 50 years, 60 years. When did the song come out? Why are you looking at me? Because you're like the only other person in here. <laughs> what are you at. saying, Luke? 50 years, 60 years? Why are you looking at me? Because I don't know it who else. It certainly wasn't that long ago. I bet that song is. 1979. 40. 79. All right, I was wrong. Okay, you were wrong. I was. You know what? And you always say to own your 50, mistake. 50, 60. Yeah, it was 40. Okay, you're full of it, Luke. Yeah, no, I'm wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. Uh, all right, now back to the NFL draft. Peter King joined us earlier. And the reason we had Peter King on, among other reasons, because he's Peter King and it's always good to have him on this time of year, is if you look at his mock draft that he just put out this week, he has the Cardinals trading down to 11 with the Titans and taking Christian Gonzalez. And you might say, okay, well, you know, big deal. Like, that's it's a mock draft, and there's been other mock drafts like that. But what he says in the write-up, though, at number 11, is he said, word of caution here, if I kept the Cardinals at three, I would have roiled the first round. I'd have given them Paris Johnson, the Ohio State tackle, and not edge rusher Will Anderson. And then he says more. But he, at that point, he's kind of talking more about Christian Gonzalez. But let that thought sink in for a second, because... Mm-hmm. The Cardinals, we had the, the clip earlier in the week, which I guess would be yesterday because it's only Tuesday, uh, that the Cardinals are are looking for offensive line help, which is not a shocker, but there's talk that maybe they're looking for it in the first round. There's the Mike Garofolo tweet yesterday saying, for what it's worth, I've heard Kyler Murray has told the Cardinals he wants Paris Johnson. Again, I see. I'm not letting Kyler Murray make my picks, but he Correct. has input. Um, can you imagine if they took Paris Johnson with the third pick in the draft? Um, yeah, you know, uh, I, I understand where everyone would want them to trade out of that position if they were going to take Paris Johnson with a number three pick overall. But never forget, based on it, it takes two to tangle. It takes two. Not two to tango. It's two to tangle. You come from Buffalo, New York, you say two to tangle. Okay. <laughs> So don't look at me like I don't know the saying. I do know the saying. It takes two to tango. 
No, it takes two to tangle. I didn't. I looked at Erin, and she was looking at you. Yes, I, I figured that was I under, the safer move. I understand that, and yet at the same time, it does. You 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 can't trade out if you're not getting what you want. You can't do it. So you've got to be prepared to select a player at number three. Okay, um, would I care if you took Paris at number three? No, I love him, as a matter of fact. Absolutely love him. I like Peter Skaronsky better, mm-hmm. but I love Paris as well. Love this kid. Watching him play, oh yeah, I'd be all over that. And the reason why I love it is because of the offensive line. The line of scrimmage, once again. It's time to turn back the clock. This is what I love. This is what I think Monty Ford is going to do. And JG as well, Jonathan Gannon. I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to turn back the clock. They're going to turn it back to the line of scrimmage and say, we're going to play, we're going to play a brand of football that's going to bloody your nose. And I love that. I can't, I can't stress how much anticipation I have at this new regime and what it is they're going to do. I hope. I hope that they do, and that's the reason why I love these mock drafts that have the Cardinals trading down in certain situations to Tennessee, number 11 overall, taking Peter Skaronsky if he's there. I love that move. Um, I want them to build the line of scrimmage, rebuild the line of scrimmage, and build it with dogs. Well, one thing Peter King said that really stood out, <laughs> and I even wrote it down when he said it, if you're Monty Austinfort, You just want to start solving problems. And is that not the perfect way to put it? Monty Austin Fort, I know Cardinals fans look at the Cardinals right now and they're like, there's a lot of problems here. And there's a lot of holes on this team. But Monty Austin Fort really hasn't contributed to any of that. Now, you could say he didn't resign Zach Allen. Maybe Zach Allen was going to leave either way. You could say he didn't resign Byron Murphy. And that one, you know, I'll, I'll listen to that. But... For the most part, Monty Austin Ford, and this is what happens when you're a GM stepping in in the position he is, he was basically handed a to-do list of, hey, here's a bunch of things that need fixed. Here, you bought this new house, but this house is a fixer-upper, right? The best way for him to be able to start crossing things off that list is to trade the pick. So the scenario that got put out there of what if they just stayed at three and took Paris Johnson, I wouldn't love it. Now, it might be the right pick, yeah. but I'm telling you, on draft night, it's going to feel very... <laughs> unsatisfying because it does feel like you could get Paris Johnson at seven or maybe even 11 if you, and and you could start filling some of those other holes. Right. And that is awesome right there. I love what you just said. You're probably right about that, Luke. Yet at the same time, it takes two to tangle. Yeah. It takes somebody else to say, we're going to do it. Okay. We'll make a trade with you. Well, listen, if you're not going to give me value for what you're doing moving up to number three if you're not going to give me value for that take a hike i'm not moving out of there well here peter king sort of reinforced that when he said yeah i see the cardinals wanting to trade the question is can you do it my gut feeling is that they'll trade out but you know wolf i think the most important thing at this time of year is finding a partner and that's going to be easier said than done in this particular year as as one of the uh, gms over the weekend told me he said the problem is with all these teams that want to trade out there really are not a lot of premier players that everybody would want to trade up for everybody's got a different opinion about the quarterbacks uh and then 
after the quarterbacks, there's probably two premier corners. Um, there's maybe two offensive linemen in, in Paris Johnson and Skaronsky. Um, there's a couple of edge players, but there are not you don't have the depth in this first round that makes a lot of teams say, hey, I'll give you a two and a three to move up 10, 10 spots in the first round. See, it seems like, Wolf, and, and for anybody that hasn't been paying too close attention over the last few days to the, the draft rumblings, it seems like what we didn't want to happen is happening. Like we were, You were hoping for a while there, okay, yeah, it's Bryce Young, and it seems like C.J. Stroud, and it seemed like those were the top two, right, in whatever <laughs> order. You were hoping a third quarterback would be the consensus, hey, it'll be Anthony Richardson. Now it's like you got Will Levis, like, oh, yeah, I'm going number one overall. Oh, that's awesome. Um Bryce Young, I would assume, is still going number one overall. C.J. Stroud, who's we're watching video of him right now uh, at, at draft prep, like it seems like he might be dropping. It doesn't seem like there is <laughs> there's any consensus. You're beyond watching Bryce Young. his workout and you're thinking he's dropping right now. Well, you know, let me just say this: you and I were talking during the break. Every time he goes to throw the ball, they cut away from him and show the receiver. <laughs> what am I watching then if I'm not watching his throwing motion? Yeah, it's a little weird right there. It's kind of coming out of his hand a little funky, I think. That's just me. Well, right I don't know how you can see it because they keep cutting away to the random receiver well, every time every, he throws. Every now and then, you get a good shot of it. And it doesn't look like the ball. It's got a little wiggle on it coming out. A I'm just saying. Okay. Well, no, we're supposed to be talking the quarterbacks up. Uh, yeah. Um, Will Levis, of course. Odds go up. I'm going to read you a headline. It just came out a couple of hours ago. Will Levis's odds to go number one in NFL draft rise after anonymous post. <laughs> this is I oh, mean, the this anonymous is, post. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Draft subterfuge is here. Well, and I just went on FanDuel and FanDuel for the number two overall pick. Do you know who they have as the favorite to go? It's Levis now, right? No. No, it's not. No. It's not Bryce Young, is it? No. It's Tyree Wilson oh, at plus my. 170, and then it's Will Levis at plus 250, and then it's <laughs> Will Anderson at plus 360. Oh, my goodness. Do you have Will Levis' number one overall odds? Okay. So, so number one overall, Will Levis is plus 800 okay. over C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Anderson. Okay. So that's a lot. A lot uh, lower than it was, like odds wise, like but a then, lot more likely than it was a week ago. At the number three overall pick on FanDuel, it has Tyree Wilson at plus 300, and then CJ Stroud at plus 350, and then Paris Johnson Jr. at plus 350. Will Anderson is plus 400. Okay. They don't even have Will Levis on the number three list? Plus 1,200. So that, I mean, that's them saying Will Levis is going top two. <sighs> Think about that. Just Will happens. Levis is just climbing up, soaring up these draft boards because right now. Because of an now. anonymous Reddit post? Um, yeah. What is going on with that? Um, by the way, Mal, I know you're a big gambler here. What uh, What are you going with? What, uh, where's your money on this what one, Mal? just asked Aaron. She's not answering you. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> she's not, she's not going to dignify no, that. Sort What's of even the question? For number three or yeah, no, how many I'm quarterbacks right are going to go? You know, we're, yeah, well, there's odds they're giving you. So what are the odds for, Mel? Right? That Who's was for gonna, individual picks, though. That was for, that was like, for the first overall pick, the second oh, overall pick, and the yeah. third overall pick. Okay, there you go, right there. So, okay, forget about it. Uh, I didn't mean to offend you, Mel, just because you gamble from time to time, then you have no problem doing that. Um, for me, Will I'm Levis, not, it, who's you, benefiting from the Will Levis news? Who is benefiting Will from Levis this? And the Cardinals. And the Cardinals. And, and Big Mayonnaise, as I said and, earlier. And the Cardinals. 
<laughs> that anonymous post, I wonder where that's coming from. We should go post something, like on the show, we should post something on Reddit and be like, boy, that uh, Anthony Richardson is the next, I don't know, give me a quarterback. Yeah. I don't want to say Cam Newton. I want He's to go the next Will Levis. <laughs> Some would say Anthony Richardson is Tom Brady, but we're hearing he's better than Tom I, Brady. Honestly, right now, it's amazing. This always happens, but here it is. This is no coincidence that this is happening right now. Will Levis. Oh, you wanted Will Levis? Oh, you don't think we'll draft Will Levis? You watch us. We want him, too, and we'll take Will Levis. Or anybody else that you want. <laughs> I mean, it's this is the season. Tyree Wilson, too. Uh, would you say Tyree Wilson's favored to be the first defensive player? Yeah, think so about how crazy that is. It says first defensive player drafted. Tyree Wilson is minus 125. Will Anderson, plus 100. See, what what the, has changed in the last three weeks? The smoke screens. Yes. Exactly right. But here it is. It's it's about the skill. It's it's winding down right now. And people are looking at Tyree Wilson and saying he's so talented. He's so skilled. That's going to win in the end as opposed to the tape. Right? Houston's got to take a quarterback, right? You can't you can't take a flyer on Tyree Wilson. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what do the Suns have to do to close out this series in five games tonight? We're going to ask the Suns broadcaster for Valley Sports. Kevin Ray joins us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cash it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom! And catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons. Game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. It's not just game day with K Ray, it's potentially closeout game day with K Ray. Oh, yeah. Kevin Ray of Bally Sports joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line as the Suns look to wrap up the series tonight in five games. They dropped game one. They've won the next three. And, uh, Kay, first of all, how are you doing today? I'm uh, doing quite well, gentlemen. How are you? Doing well, Kay. Um, all right, so we are now through four games. We didn't have a whole lot of tape on this Suns team with Kevin Durant before the series, and it's not like four games changes everything. But, but Kay, in these first four games, what, if anything, has stood out to you in terms of how you've seen this team grow together? Well, you know, I think, and it really does just, and at the risk of repeating myself, you know, when you look at the high basketball IQ of the, the primary three guys, and that's, you know, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and, uh, oh, that guy, Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah. You know, you can just see how how well they play the game the right way and how much they allow kind of one another to breathe and set their teammates up and at the same time set themselves up. And, you know, I, I think I said this last week when we were on guys, you know, I, I feel like, and I was probably as guilty as anybody, you know, you saw that eight games body of work and you're like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're good to go. Um, and just not taking into consideration the, you know, the intensity level and the, the tactical approach that opposing coaches, 
you know, spend in defensive schemes come postseason time. And because they are all three so cerebral and such students of the game, that's what's been such a pleasure to watch is them figuring it out from, you know, quarter to quarter and now game to game. And you feel like here in game five, and I kind of said this going into game four, that based on especially the small lineup now for a full, you know, game and a half, that um, that there's not much defensively that Ty Lue can now – you know, suddenly come up with, you know, unless he's going to pull out to Jim Beheim's Syracuse, you know, one, three, one zone, <laughs> you know, the, 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 uh, the, the, the trap all over the floor. I mean, at this point, you know, they're going to have to empty all their shells here tonight, but uh, you know, it's just a pleasure to watch these guys continue to grow with one another here in this playoff atmosphere. Yeah. You know what, Kay, I don't agree. I don't expect to see the Clippers come out and put up much of a fight. That's just me. Now, I think they're going to fight. They're going to brawl. But I think the Suns, I I could easily see the Suns in the second half with a 20-point lead. That's just me. That's my expectation because of the elimination game that the Suns have and because of how important it is to actually protect those starters in their minutes. I think they're going to come out and they're going to blow them out. That's just me. What do you expect? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think everybody would jump on that train, uh, <laughs> Wolf. But yeah, but is that I your just, expectation? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's my expectation. But, you know, expectation and reality are two completely different things. I just think we have seen enough out of this Clippers team, despite missing two perennial All-Stars and a two-time MVP, that Russell Westbrook is playing, you know, somewhere darn close to MVP Russ. And, uh, you know, I've said it a couple times in a broadcast, and Monty Williams said this a few weeks ago, but I hope people are really, you know, if they lost respect for Russ, I hope, I hope that they are eating those words and those thoughts. This guy is an all-out baller and hooper, and because of the attitude of Ty Lue and Russell Westbrook, the rest of those guys follow suit, and the Suns could be up by 15 or 20. But you better not take your eye off the ball. You better not take your foot off the gas because this crew, if we've learned nothing else, is just going to keep coming at you. Kevin Ray, Bally Sports, joining us right now. Game day with K Ray. Um, K, campaign probable for tonight. So I would assume we're going to see him a little bit, but I guess just bigger picture. Where, where do you think he fits in now that they've had a few games in the playoffs where the bench rotation has gotten, you know, at least a little more solidified? Like, what, what do you think best case scenario for them with campaign is this year? Well, look, I, I, I'll be surprised, and I, I could be completely wrong, but I'll be very surprised if campaign isn't uh, number one or two. Uh, off the bench first here tonight. And, and I say that for two reasons. One, just his energy, his pace. We talked about his, his joy and what he brings not only to his teammates, guys, but to this fan base. You just, you know, Cam is, is like that electrical outlet and we all love to get plugged in to that energy source. And I know he is itching and antsy to get back on the floor. And look, if for no other reason, Nobody else that Monty has trotted out there in terms of a backup guard position has 
you know, taken the position by stranglehold. Uh, he's given Landry Shamit ample opportunity, you know, to try and do that. And unfortunately, Landry has just not been able to get himself going. Uh, and I think maybe going back to, to your point, Wolf, in terms of the, the intent of this team, no better person, no better body uh, and pace guy than campaign to come in yeah. and maybe ignite one of those you know, bench runs that have just been non-existent for the last month. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, my expectation, once again, is that this team is going to come out and play very, very well. I'm talking about the Phoenix Suns. The the advantage they have in talent, K, is going to win out. We're finally going to see it all come together in Game 5. Now, that's just my expectation. It doesn't mean that's going to be the case. But what I hope to see tonight as well in Game 5 is D.A. make a statement and play a statement game. What do you think the odds are that's going to happen tonight? Well, I, you know, I, I hope that is the case. I hope he can, you know, kind of follow up and in some respects maybe back up those those comments that he made yesterday when, yep. uh, you know, apparently he felt that, that people were questioning his energy level and his effort. And you know better than anybody, brother. Uh, words matter little. It is your actions which yep. speak the loudest. And to me, it leading the way, and, and I, I kind of care to rise and title this game as HYB, Handle Your Business. And DA has a chance to do just that tonight. And, you know, not wait for the other guys to set the tone. Be the tone setter. Yes. Be, be that guy. Be dominating. Okay, uh, last one before we let you go. The, the free throws that were such an issue for the Suns in the regular season, they are actually leading the NBA in free throw attempts per game in the playoffs, which that is the one development... What? I never saw coming. <laughs> Has that it looked weird. different to you? Is it just Kevin Durant being on the team, or what's going on? No, look, I, I think it is. I think it's twofold. Um, I think it is. You know, they went through that really frustrating stretch of about three weeks, and there was a lot of you know hand wringing, complaining, and you know people will call it whining. And I think what happened is, you know, Monty sending as many messages as he could to the league, but also to his team. And then I think, you know, you you credit the players. And Devin Booker, I made I think made mention of it in game two or game three, talking about the free throws. And he pointed to himself and and also Chris Paul. And I think they both acknowledge, and Book probably more so than anybody. Um because, you know, Book, while he, you know, drives to the basket, there weren't a lot of whistles there in the month of March, it felt like, in early April. And I think he had gotten so frustrated, and there was a lot of, you know, body gestures and, and the facial expressions. And to his credit, uh, whether it's through, you know, his, you know, communications with Monty, uh, Chris, KD, but he has taken that to heart. And you've seen Book take a, you know, there's just another growth moment for Devin Booker in terms of, yeah, there's been a number of times where he's felt like he's fouled and he hasn't gotten the call. But because he is, he's handling his business with the officials in a very different way now, and he is communicating in a more kind of calm, you know, tone throughout the course of the game. 
And, you know, look, officials are human. And if they feel like you're trying to show them up, they they have a tendency to blow the whistles against you. Uh, and that combined with books, just relentless, almost Russell Westbrook type approach in driving the basket. Those two things combined. And as he pointed out, he and Chris holding one another accountable in those situations. I think that has been really the, the, the tip of it. Kevin Ray, great stuff as always, man. Thank you for the Thanks, time. Kay. All right, Jets. Have a great day. Okay, man. Get a win. Yes, that's indeed Kevin Ray of Valley Sports right there. Game day with K Ray. Score the hottest ticket in town. Suns playoff tickets. Just text ticket to 620-620. Register and listen for your name today during the 5 o'clock hour for your chance to qualify for game five tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers tonight. Again, that's ticket to 620-620. We come back. Final thoughts. What are your expectations for game five tonight? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now. Final segment of the show. Possibly our final segment this season. We'll be talking about the uh, Clippers. Well, I mean, I guess regardless of what happens tonight, we'll be talking about that game tomorrow. But Suns have a chance to put L.A. away tonight. They have a chance to do it at home. They haven't eliminated a team at home since 2007. We got the song you recorded on your phone before the show. Finish him! Um, it's, it's, this is the Mortal Kombat, right? It's, you're right. I, you're Finish him! Finish him. Finish him. Finish him. I like the remix. Um, once again, I. what is your expectation tonight? Luke, I know you're driving. I know you're the driver. But here we are in this beautiful part of the program. I'm just going to grab the wheel. I'm just going to say right now because I feel it. The intensity is starting to creep up my back. Um, The hair is starting to stand up. What do you expect to see tonight? Brutality. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you play that or did, was that commanded? Nobody control? played that. What are you talking about? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> Brutality. Yes, that's what I expect to see tonight. I really do. I think it all comes crashing down on the Clippers. Anyone that has listened to this show, you know how I feel about the Clippers. The way they've competed. Oh, my goodness. All four games, they have competed hard. Without Kawhi Leonard, without Paul George, they have gone out and they have been a worthy opponent. There's no denying that. I expect them to come out and be game tonight as well. But the reality of the talent deficiency they have when compared to the Phoenix Suns, I think, hits home tonight. It hasn't been like a free pass because Russell Westbrook has played out of his mind and because Ty Lue has his guys, I mean, these games have all been close in the fourth quarter. All four of them have been close. Uh, Now, credit the Suns for for winning the games when the games are on the line to be up 3-1, but it's not inconceivable at all that we could be tied 2-2 right now, or that the Suns might even be down 3-1. Also, the Suns could have swept the series, too, if things go differently in Game 1, but I'm just saying, this has not been some uncontested series where it's just like, here you go, but at the same time, let's deal in reality. The Clippers don't have Paul George. They haven't had him all series. They don't have Kawhi Leonard. I, I mean, even if the Clippers win tonight, do you really see him coming back in Game Six? Like, no. I just so that's part of the reality, the it, psychology yeah. of sport. Once again, being a human being, looking at this and saying, you know, we we don't have Kevin Durant, we don't have Devin Booker, 
We don't have Chris Paul, you know. Okay, we've got Russell Westbrook. You know, I understand that. But at some point in time, the reality, and you'd never say it. You'd never speak it. You'd never no, say it. No, but you lose loud. your edge you, as, you as a do. team. If, and you're going to go out. You're going to be prepared. You're going to give all that you have. But once again, the inevitable psychologically starts to pile up. If the Suns could build a lead in the first half, and I'm not talking like two points, but if they could build a lead yes. even like up around seven or eight, at some point that doubt's going to creep in. And, and, and not with Russell Westbrook, not because <laughs> he's not wired that way. But I'm just saying as a team, it's not like you're going to see a team just quit, but you're going to lose your edge a little bit because of what you just said. You're yes. going to look around and you're saying, okay, we're down eight at halftime and we're missing our top two players. And this other team across from us, the Phoenix Suns, might be the best team in the league. Like We don't know, <laughs> but they have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, so they might be. At the back of your mind, even if it creeps in for a second, you're done. That thought of, you know, even if we come back and give everything we had to come back and win this game, are we really going to win game six and game seven? Yes. Now, I don't expect to see the Clippers quit at any point, and they might very well win this game tonight, too. Like I'm not just saying they don't have a chance, but if you can lean on them in the first half, you should be able to get them... Yeah, you should be able to beat them. And See, that's what I was saying, dealing in reality. They don't have their two best players. You should win this series. No, you should, and you should end it tonight, as a matter of fact. Finish him. You should do it tonight. There's there's just too much at stake for the Phoenix Finish Suns. Him. Yes. Nice there's too much at stake for this team, meaning the Suns. Uh, that's the reason why I say it's another must win, not in terms of winning the series, but in terms of winning throughout the playoffs. Playoffs? <laughs> I just kind of said that in a weird say, kind of way. Is there for you but to say playoffs normally? I, the, the Suns need Suns and Four guy to rise from the proverbial ashes. Oh, he's, he's probably already in Denver getting ready. They, they need to get through these playoffs quickly and relatively unscathed. I know that ups the ante. That does. The pressure is on them. Not just to win a series, but how quickly they can win series. And this is something you've been talking about, and you're right. Luke, you're, you're right. No, it's a good way to end the show if you're saying that. We should <laughs> Luke, you're that. right. <laughs> you're right. See, it's fun to say. You're rando, and you're right. Um, <laughs> Never should have taught you that word. <laughs> but this adds a, a whole new element of pressure to the Suns. It's not just win the series, no matter who you play, but win the series and do it quickly. Yeah, I think that's good pressure in a situation like this where you're up 3-1. You can't win the series quickly in game two, obviously, but now you're up 3-1. You don't have to manufacture any, oh, we should go out there and uh, win because we're at home, or we should go out there and win because you never know if the Clippers might come back. How about go out there and win the game because it will help you in the next round if you can get through this series more quickly. Look around the NBA. A ton of guys are hurt. Look around your own team. Too many guys are playing too many minutes, and specifically Chris Paul. He's not playing as much as Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, but we have seen Chris Paul in years past wear down or whatever has happened to him. This is why the bench matters. Can we also agree that Chris Paul's birthday is coming up in like two weeks, I think? We just don't even acknowledge it, and nobody tell Chris Paul his birthday is yeah, in two right. weeks. Because the last time was not good. No, it wasn't. Remember there. when he turned 37? Yeah, Remember and, that? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you like the next game. 36, like, he looked like he was in his prime. Yeah. 37, he looked like he was 107. <laughs> kind of like he turned 60. Interesting right there, but I, I digress, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, Fortunately, he's playing like he's 36 again. Does anyone see this changing right now for the Phoenix Suns? They, they need their bench. This is why campaign is so important to watch tonight. Um, I, I know that he's been banged up. I know that he is, but... 
you know, he's got to go out there and he's got to, I want to see him play. I want to see him play minutes. The only number I really care for campaign is minutes. How many minutes does he play? It's, it's not even the production. How many minutes does he play? Because if he plays a lot of minutes, number one, I think that's important for a campaign. And number two, I know it's important for Chris Paul. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely huge for Chris Paul. Now, again, not just tonight, but it's, you know, the best case scenario, you go out there, you take a lead on the Clippers tonight, you get into a fairly comfortable position, campaign is playing, so Chris Paul's not having to do quite as much, and then you just kind of, you know, just not not coast to a win, but you're in control the whole night, and campaign gets some minutes, Chris Paul gets a little bit of a lighter load, and then Chris Paul doesn't have to play again until Saturday or if Denver were to lose to Minnesota tonight, Chris Paul wouldn't have to play again until, I don't even know, Sunday or Monday, I guess, would be game one of that series. Monday. Yeah, so Monday. There you go. So and again, I just case. want to say quickly that I respect the Clippers and the way they have played. And Ty Lue, and oh my goodness, I, I do. I love the toughness they've put on display. But now, tonight... I think talent takes over. No, it's a good time to take control if you're the sons of, of obviously not just this series because you would end it, but uh, the next round. Finish him! Finish him! Thanks to Aaron Maloney, thanks to Jesse Morrison, thanks to Mortal Kombat voice guy for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gabo next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Finish him!